Welcome to the Green Acres podcast. We are so glad you're here. At Green Acres, we strive to transform lives with the truth of Jesus. Today's message comes from Pastor Michael Gossett. We're going to continue in our study together in our series called A Better Way. And we're walking through all of the Ten Commandments. And I'm telling you, uh, this commandment was a difficult commandment to study. You think that you have it all figured out until you start to dig in a little bit. And then we just kind of figure out together that, okay, well, maybe we've kind of misunderstood really what it means to not use the Lord's name in vain. See, that's the way that I learned the Ten Commandments. The third commandment was, do not use the Lord's name in vain. Now, in vain, you kind of attach it to this, okay, well, then this must mean that I simply uh, do not cuss or I don't attach a cuss word to God's name and then I'm, I got it checked off. If that were the case, you and I would be questioning, why did this make the top 10 list? You know, one of my favorite things uh, is to watch the Atlanta Braves, all right? I love Braves baseball. Uh, my family loves to watch it with me. No, they don't. Okay. All right. And so I have a couple that will watch it with me, but most of them, uh, it's not like a family activity that we, we haven't arrived there yet. All right. And so one of the greatest tools that YouTube TV has in, invented is this catch up with top place. Has anybody ever done that? Uh, catch up with key plays. All right. So I can watch an entire Braves game in about four minutes. I mean, it's unbelievable. You see every hit, you see every steal, and you see every run. Uh, but every now and then, uh, there's like a glitch in the system, and they show a play that you're just kind of wondering, okay, how did that make uh, the key plays? It's kind of like back in the day, I used to watch uh, Sports Center top 10 plays every week. Uh, anybody? there with me, okay? I love watching the top 10 plays, uh, but you can tell when they're low on content because then they'll start showing like hockey or some other sport that, uh, and you're wondering, how did that get in the top 10? I'm kidding, okay? All you hockey fans out there, I know one of you's gonna write me an email, it's fine, okay? I love hockey. Uh, but you're wondering, how in the world did this make uh, the top 10 list on SportsCenter? And this is kind of the way that this commandment is treated at times. You you're kind of wondering, okay, how did this make uh, the top 10 list? Because if it's just as simple as not saying bad words, or if it's just as simple as not cussing or something like that, uh, then how in the world did it make that top 10 list? You know, I love the way that the CSB writes uh, this verse. In Exodus 20, verse 7, this is the, the commandment that we're really honing in on. But the way that it translates this, this commandment is really interesting to me because I think it, not better, but it more fully encapsulates really what was the intention of this command. All right, and so if you have your copy of God's word, will you stand with me? We're going to read one verse together, all right? It says this in verse 7. It says, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Heavenly Father, would you now speak to us in your word? God, would you teach us what it means to not misuse your name, to not use it in vain? 
and that we may become more like your son, Jesus, today. Stir in our hearts now, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, you may be seated once again. All right, that's going to be the last up-down of the day, okay? All right, but in commandment number one, we learned, okay, who is it that we are supposed to worship? We only worship the Lord our God. And then commandment number two is, how do we rightfully, how do we worship in the right way? And then commandment number three is, how do we preserve or maintain the holiness of God's name? You know, there's this interesting uh, photographer uh, that that put together a bunch of photos, and 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 what he did was he was taking uh, just candid um, photos, and then he would remove um, a device or the cell phone or an iPad or something, and then take the photo. Okay, so here's a, a, a picture. All right, so here's a mom and a daughter. All right, so they were, they were looking at their devices, then he removed them and then took the picture, okay? It looks pretty empty, right? Okay, all right, here's another photo. All right, so here are three guys just probably playing Madden. They're probably playing each other. That's what's goofy, all right? But um, they're, they're right next to each other. All right, here's another one. Uh, this is the last one. This is just, it uh, looks like a, at a dinner. And you have the lady, she's looking down at her hand like this. Uh, but here's what is interesting about these photos and, the, and what I'm trying to illustrate here. As soon as you remove a certain element, it exposes the emptiness of that circumstance. When we think about misusing God's name, when we think about using the Lord's name in vain, what we need to identify is when we remove certain elements of his name that should be attached to his name, it exposes our heart before the Lord. It exposes our reality of the way that we view who God is. Now, this makes it a little bit heavier because when you remove those devices, you can see the emptiness of their relationship. It's exposed. When you remove certain elements from God's name, you are exposing a level of emptiness that is in your heart toward who God is and your understanding of who God is. So we're going to talk about four things that cannot be removed from God's name, or you cannot remove God's name from them. The first is that we are not to remove God's name from his perfection. Do not remove God's name from his perfection. I was reading one commentary by Thomas Watson. Thomas Watson is a theologian all the way back in the 1600s. And I think it was around 1622 when he was writing about this commandment specifically, commandment number three. But what does it really mean to misuse God's name or to use it in vain? And he identifies, he says that there is a negative expressed in this command, but then there is an affirmative that is implied in this command, meaning the negative expresses do not do this, right? And then the affirmative implied is that we should revere or protect God's name. Jesus says it like this. He says that we should hallow God's name, that hallowed be thy name, okay? In the Lord's prayer, what he's saying is that we should remain a holy perspective of who, God's it, who God is. 
And so as soon as you and I detach the name of the Lord from his perfection, from his holiness, it is a misuse of God's name. Now, I remember one of the first times that I ever went to uh, the fire station to see my dad. I mean, one of the first times that I could remember, I mean, I was young, four, five years old. I don't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas that we had to go visit my dad for one of the holidays while he was on duty. But I remember hearing someone call my dad a different name. Have you ever been around your kids when they figure out your name for the first time? Uh, They're like, wait a second, your name is Michael? I think... I've been calling you dad this whole time, you know, so it's kind of confusing. But I kind of had that moment when when I was at the fire station visiting my dad because uh, to my grandmother, my dad's name is Philip. Okay, but at the fire station, my dad's name was Lieutenant or LT at the time. But to my dad's friends, his name was Phil. Uh, To my mom, his name was Honey, unless he was in trouble. And then it was something we can't really talk about right here, all right, but... But to me, his name was dad. Now, here's my point in all of this. It's not that my dad was multiple people. What this means is that his name is not the essence of who he is. You see, it's the same thing with God's name. In the Bible, Yahweh, it refers to the one and only holy God, Jehovah God, the covenant God, the one who was uh, only holy the only one who was perfect in all things. But it's not because of the name. It's not because of the way that the letters are arranged to make a sound. That's not what is holy. You see, we cannot detach our understanding. We cannot detach God's name from his holiness because the essence of who God is, is perfection. It is holiness. And so when we, when we refer to God, then we are to refer to him in that reverence, in that awe of who he is. You know, it's like when Moses and his calling, you know, God told Moses, he said, Moses, you are going to go free my people. Moses is like, Lord, do you, I don't think you understand who you got here. I think you're looking for my brother, Aaron. Okay, Aaron is the one who knows how to talk in front of people. I have a fat tongue. I don't know how to speak very well. And God says, no, 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 Moses, I'm calling you. So finally, it's like as if Moses gives up, fine, Lord, I'll do what you tell me to do. But but just tell me, when they ask me who sent me, who do I tell them? And what does God say in Exodus chapter 3, verse uh, 14 and 15, God replied to Moses, he said, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. You see, this is the name of the Lord that you and I are to revere. This is the name of the Lord that you, are, you and I are to uh, lift up. This is why we are to praise this name. And it's not the letters of this word that we are praising. It is the essence of who God is. It is the holiness. It is this I am who God claims that he is. The I am who is alone sovereign, who is self-existence. God is that he is. 
That is Yahweh. This is the God that we are praising. We cannot minimize this commandment to believe that as long as we don't attach a cuss word to it, then we're doing okay. No, the problem is, is that often we detach it from who he really is. We give a misrepresentation of who God is at times when we are flippant with God's name. You see, in my house, I wasn't even allowed to say the leave it to beaver cuss words, okay? I wasn't even allowed to say that. Y'all know what I'm talking about with leave it to beaver, okay? Seriously, I, I can't be that old, guys, okay? Please help me. But leave it to beaver would say, gee golly willikers. And I said that one time and you would have thought I cussed somebody out because my mama said, hey, we don't say that in our house. You know why? My, my parents took that very serious because it was no misuse. Even if it sounded like Jesus, even if it sounded like God, we're not gonna say it because we're not gonna be flippant about the name of God because he is holy. And when we talk about God, it's gonna be in reverence and it's gonna be in holiness, not because it's some outdated, antiquated, legalistic view of the 10 commandments. It is because that when you understand who God really is, you speak of him in that way. And the second thing, The second thing is we do not remove God's name from his position. Now, what is his position? The psalmist says it well in Psalm 83, verse 18. It says, may they know that you alone, not only is he holy, not only does he stand alone, but whose name is the Lord are the most high over all the earth. There's this authority that God has. There's this position that he alone is on the throne and no one else can occupy that throne. No one else has authority above God. And so when you and I are not careful in the way that we speak about God, we can accidentally misuse his name in the most slightest way. Sometimes when we're talking about things that are going on in our life, Sometimes when we think and talk about things that are even going on in our church, God's church, did you know that sometimes we can attempt to dethrone God? Here's what I mean. If you're not careful in the way that you talk about your business that you run, if we're not careful about talking about what God is doing in the midst of our church, And we, even in the slightest way, try to gain credit. It's an attempt to dethrone God and put ourselves on that pedestal. You see, that's a misuse of God's name. That is using God's name in vain, is that when we pretend that we are achieving anything apart from what God is doing, because we are forgetting that it is God alone who is sovereign. It is God alone who is on the throne. It is God who is allowing these things to take place in our church. It is God who is allowing to take place in your family, at your business. And as soon as you forget that all things don't belong to him, you're misusing his name. You are trying to dethrone God and try to place yourself on the pedestal as if you are achieving anything on your own. Listen, church, I was convicted. How many times do we think that it is our strategy 
How many times do we think, well, yeah, I mean, I'm just sharing the gospel with people left and right, and they're coming to faith in Jesus, and they're, they're, they're getting baptized. I'm doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this program. We're doing this ministry. We're dethroning God. Listen, we don't have a program at our church. We don't have a ministry at our church. You don't have a staff. You don't have a pastor. You don't have worship. We don't have anything that can manufacture a move of God. It is only if the spirit falls. And as soon as we start pretending as if anyone else or anything else is causing these things, we are detaching the name of God from his rightful position. The last thing, the next thing is that we don't detach God's name from his purpose. Don't detach it from his purpose because in vain means that we are to not Use God's name for a worthless purpose. That's what it means literally from the Hebrew. Don't attach, don't detach it from his purpose and don't attach it to a worthless purpose. Do not use God's name for anything that is other than God's purpose himself. Philip Ryken, uh, who has a great commentary on the Ten Commandments, he, he makes this statement about commandment number three. He says a more serious way, okay, of all the ways that you can mess up this commandment, he says a more serious way to break the third commandment is by using God's name to advance our own agenda. Church, how many times have you heard people just attach God's name to something so that they can produce results. You attach God's name to something so that you can get a better deal or whatever it is. You attach God's name to your business, but you have no intentions of living out God's name in your business. The church does the same thing. We have to be careful of this. But Jesus talked to the Pharisees, the Sadducees about this. Because the way that we do this most frequently is that when our lips don't align with our service. See, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 15, verse eight. It says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He says, they worship me in vain. They worship me with empty praise. Because what Jesus is saying is he's saying, listen, if you are not aligned with what you are saying, meaning that if you profess Christ, but you live like the world, you're misusing God's name. If you profess Christ as Lord and Savior, but yet you do not live as if he has lordship over your life, then we are using God's name in vain. We are misusing, misrepresenting. We are not bearing God's name well. And the last thing that we see is that we are not to remove God's name from his people. You know, one of the things that we do every morning before I, I, I let the kids out of the car to go to school, I pray over them, I tell them, I say, listen, you're a gossip, so act like one. And then I think, wait, maybe you shouldn't. Okay, never mind. Okay. But you know, there's something special about the name that's on the back of your jersey. You're representing your family. But more importantly, you know what Jesus gets at? I, I love what we understand from Jesus. And, and, and actually, 
Herman Edwards, Kansas City Chiefs coach from 2006 to 2008. You know what he tells the media about what he tells the team? He says this, he says, the one thing I do know, and I will promise you this, the players who play for this football team, being the Kansas City Chiefs, they will play for the name on the side of the helmet, not the name on the back of the jersey. You see, here's what happens when you come to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, it says, and some of you used to be like this, meaning some of the heathens, some of the Pharisees, some of the Sadducees, some of those who proclaim Christ but don't live like it. He says, some of you used to live like this, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified, how? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. You know why he says in the name of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord our God. He's not separating those two as if they are separate entities. He is making a point here that when you give your life to Jesus, not only do you follow Jesus, but he writes his name on your heart. You see, this is what happens. This is why we protect and revere the name of the Lord because as soon as you give your life to Jesus, he writes his name on your heart. And listen, at the end of this commandment, it says those who misuse the name of God will not go unpunished. And so many times we think, well, how, how is it? I thought we were saved by grace. I thought that if, if, if I was saved by Jesus, yes, that is true. But you know what he's getting at? He's getting at this point right here that it is the name of Jesus by which you are saved. According to Acts chapter four, verse 12, it says that that under no circumstance, listen to this, there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to the people by which we must be saved. And as soon as you trust in this name, in the person of Jesus Christ, he doesn't just save you, but rather he saves you. He writes his name on your heart so that the spirit of God may live in you, so that you may live out the purpose of God, so that you may live out to advance the kingdom of God. But this is what happened in Matthew chapter seven. You see, you had people who were misusing the name of God Because Jesus makes this statement, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord. Did you catch that? Not everybody who just uses the name of Jesus. Not everybody who just claims Jesus. Not everybody who just calls out to Jesus. And he said, many will say, Jesus, did we not prophesy in your name? Jesus, did we not cast out demons in your name? In modern day translation, Jesus, did we not go to church in your name every week? Jesus, did I not do my best in your name every single week? Listen, you see the punishment here that if you do not use the name of Jesus correctly, meaning that if you do not trust on the person of Jesus for your salvation, if we come to a place that where we understand salvation in any other name, saying that will not go unpunished because it's only Jesus that saves. When we detach the name of God from his people, that's what it looks like. 
that we don't have his name written on our hearts, that we have never trusted in the one true Jesus for our salvation. And maybe that's you. Maybe you are focused on this commandment. You're thinking, man, I've, I don't cuss. I don't say God's name in vain. I don't use God's name like that. But the greatest misuse of the name of Jesus is to never call on him for your salvation. That is the greatest misuse of his name because there is no other name that saves. So we just close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment. And I don't want you to miss this. I don't, I don't want us to just go by without truly understanding that it is only the name of Jesus that saves. And maybe you have used the name of Jesus. Maybe you have misused the name of Jesus. But maybe you have never called on the name of Jesus for your salvation. And the Bible says that today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. If you call on the name of the Lord, that he will hear you and he will save you. I'm just gonna ask for those of you, you know that you're not saved and you know right now I need to give my life to Jesus. You can call on him right now. You can pray and mean it in your heart, just in the stillness of your heart. You can say, Jesus, I am calling on you for salvation. Just say to him in the stillness of your heart, God, I know there's no other name by which I can be saved. Pray to him, say, God, I know of my sin and I know my need for you as my savior. So I ask Jesus that you come into my life, that you come into my heart and save me. Heavenly Father, that is our prayer today. God, that we would not misuse your name, that we would not use your name for vanity. We do not use your name for a worthless purpose, but we would be a people that is attached to the name of God, that we are attached to the true one and only God. So Father, I pray for those right now who just gave their life to Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would give them the courage to respond. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today with our church family here at Green Acres Baptist Church. And this invitation is for you. Maybe God is stirring in your heart right now from what you have heard. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe God is calling you right now for salvation. You know, the Bible is very clear that if we... Uh, confess with our mouth and if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord the Bible says that you will be saved and so right now you could pray a very simple prayer and just say God I know that I'm a sinner and I need you to come into my life and save me if that's you today we want to help you and walk with you with this decision maybe for others of you uh, maybe you've been saved but maybe you've been waiting to get baptized uh, maybe you need to 
figure out what it means to be a member of our church here at Green Acres, whatever that decision is, we want to come alongside you. And so do us a favor. You can fill out the Connect card at GABC.org, and one of our team members will be with you very shortly. Whatever it is that God has laid on your heart, we want to walk with you in your growth in Jesus Christ. I look forward to hearing from you soon.